This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is Bustin' Loose Baseball with Grant and Danny. Interviews, analytics, and analysis on everything baseball in the nation's capital. Boston Loose Baseball, Grant Paulson, Danny Ruyer, producer Darius Dameron with you as the Nationals wind down their season, coming off a sweep at the hands of the Phillies Friday, Saturday, Sunday, the day off on Monday, and now they host the Baltimore Orioles, a little two-gamer at Nats Park with the regional rivals, then the Marlins are coming to town before the Nats hit the road to take on Atlanta. Danny, how you been? Very well, my friend. It's... uh. You know, we always talk about this on, especially on this podcast, on our regular show on Grant and Daniel 1067, the fan. Your fandom is your own. How you do it, how you consume it, I don't necessarily begrudge. I used to. I used to think there was a handbook, there was a right and wrong. You have to do things a certain way. This is your enjoyment. And however you find that enjoyment, you can, right? So right now, I'm, I'm watching a guy that. I wasn't sure. Is he a 4A outfielder? Is he somebody that you know is a, is a is a fourth outfielder, fifth outfielder on a good team? I'm watching a guy in Lane Thomas, for example, get a lot of at bats, and over his last 162 games, has put up some pretty decent numbers uh, when when it comes to it. A guy kind of growing into his role, maybe making more of it uh, than he'd be able to if he were in a different organization. See what he was doing in St. Louis, where he was passed over and was kind of an also ran. That kind of stuff is fun for me, right? I, I'm enjoying it. Obviously, we've talked about Joey Manessis a bunch, and you know, I'm I'm looking at, at, at anxiously at Twitter feeds, figuring out that Mackenzie Gore threw an inning and two thirds the other day. I'm trying to find enjoyment out of this baseball season with the Nationals because I love baseball. I love the Nationals. I care so much about it, but I don't have the stakes that I'm used to here in September. So I'm I'm trying to find some things, and you know, we're mining a little bit, but I'm finding some good stuff to to take back up to the surface and show a few gems. Yeah, for sure. You go back to the final game against the Phillies. Some things that stand out to me: uh, Joey Manessis, two more hits and two more batted in. You had a multi-hit game for C.J. Abrams as well. He was two for four. Uh, Il Demaro Vargas continued to give you some decent at-bats. Scored a run, had a couple of hits, drove in a run as well. On the pitching side, Jordan Weems has really good stuff. Ideally, you can harness him into being an arm you could count on to give you a good inning at a time next year. He punched out a pair while walking a batter in his frame. We've seen the continuation of what I believe to be the length of this season and, and the changing roles maybe catching up to Kyle Finnegan a little bit, who gave up two hits and two more earned runs in that final game against Philadelphia. But I'll say this for the Nats. They're doing two things. Not every single night, but I would just say better than they were earlier in the year when they were at their worst. Uh, 
They are hitting more. 10 hits. Excuse me, 11 hits and the five runs against the Phillies in the 7-5 loss on Sunday. And they're also playing much better defense. I'll get to Abrams in a second, but he's making pretty much a spectacular play every couple of days at this point. He is, for the first time all season, giving them above-average play at shortstop. By moving Luis Garcia over to second, he's been able to take to that position and play well there. So it's it's been really exciting to see their defense improve immensely. Hildemaro Vargas, in my opinion, is an upgrade at third base with his glove over what they were getting out of Michael Franco, who booted a bunch of balls. I think in those two areas specifically, they've been better. And because your defense is better, it gives your pitching staff a chance to be better. Stealing an out or two here and there matters. You know, over the course of a game, sure, but over the course of a week or you know ten games or or the like, you're you're talking about a pitcher who's able to go an extra inning. You're talking about you know a run taken off the board, a, a base runner which comes around to score X percentage of the time. Those good defensive plays plus the routine ones that are now being made, it, it, it seems like a better clip. I don't have data in front of me to to sort of back that up, but it just feels that way watching the games. You're 100 percent right. I mean, it, it it if you can't, I mean, what what Moneyball taught a lot of people was on base percentage. Well, the real point of Moneyball was wherever you can find a soft spot in the market to find value to build a baseball team, you do that. That's that's what's I, one of the great things I think about the sport is that you can be a team that, that hits a bunch of home runs and win a World Series. You can be a team that just makes contact or, or pitches well or plays great defense and with, with speed. There's a million ways to skin a cat. And if you can't excel in one area, the Nationals are not a home run hitting team in, in an era of the home run. They're not good at it. Okay, what can you be good at, right? You can be athletic. You can steal bags. To your point, you can have high strikeout guys. You can have pitch-to-contact guys. There's a million different ways to win baseball games, and not that they're winning at this moment, but you're 100% right. It's Whatever you hang your hat on, do that. So I just thought this was worth bringing up. It was kind of funny when I went to baseball reference. Juan Soto, still the leader on the team, obviously, in war for the year, not surprising. 3.8. And second on the team, Josh Bell, who got off to such a great start for them. 3.5 wins above replacement this year. Again, that is not a surprise. Both of those guys were traded to San Diego. I think what is kind of surprising is the list of names after that for the Nationals. And this is just indicative of how bad they've been at the big league level. But here is your top five right now in war for this team. This is B-War, baseball reference, uh, for the Nationals this season. Ildemaro Vargas, number one. Oof. Worth 1.4 wins. Lane Thomas, number two, worth 1.4 wins. I guess Ildemaro's, by percentage points, edges him out. Erasmo Ramirez, third in war for this team at 1.3. Kbert Ruiz at 1.3 is fourth. And then Carl Edwards Jr., fifth at 1.2. Robles, probably primarily based on defense. Paolo Espino, Cesar Hernandez, and then Joey Manessis and Hunter Harvey. After that, your top 10 for the Nationals in war this season. Yikes. Kind of a, a statement, yeah. really, in the big picture about how bad things are. But some stunning names up there, to be honest with you. I would have lost all the money. Like, there's there's no amount that I wouldn't have I would have felt more. What am I trying to say? If you were like, bet a million dollars that this guy's top three in war. I'd be like, no, of course not. Give me my million. Well, you take and Soto you. and Bell out of the equation. Right. And you ask the biggest Nats fan on the planet who their leader is in war this year. I don't think anyone is saying Ildemaro Vargas. Members of the Vargas family wouldn't have said that. Like, that's rather stunning. And you're 100% right, uh, kind, kind of the picture it paints. But then you start to do the math, and that checks out, right? I mean, no matter what Patrick Corbin does at the end of this season, it will not recover from, you know, his five months of 
baseball atrocity, right? I mean, it, it, Anibal Sanchez won't have time to accumulate anything, and, and the rest of the rotation certainly hasn't done enough. I mean, I would have thought Eric Fetty maybe squeezed a war point out of there, so I might have brought him up as somebody just because he's been able to take the ball every fifth day. But I don't know, man. You're 100% right, though. It, it, uh, just kind of the state of the union about where their big league club is, and it, it fits that you have the worst record of baseball. If that's your top, you know, the, the, your two best guys aren't there, and the next 10 are all, we need somebody. Piece of laundry. Yeah, it's kind of a show. Uh, last calendar week, they've had a couple days off, so they've only played five games as a team over these seven days. But in the last week, uh, some of the guys that have been hot at the plate, Alex Call, who's getting a chance to play at the big league level, making the most of it, 7 for 17 with a couple of home runs and six batted in. He has been fun to watch. A 412 average, 824 slug this week, a 1268 OPS, has had a couple of really big games, a 3 for 4 to kick off the Phillies series uh, with a home run. And that wasn't even his biggest game, you know, on that road trip that they just had. Because remember, right before his three for four where he had six total bases, he was four for five with a couple of runs, a double, and a home run. So he homered in back-to-back games while going seven for nine against the Cardinals and the Phillies. You know, that's going to lead to some positive feelings about the guy. But over his last 15, sitting over 300 with an OPS over 900, showing some power with three bolts, he's got some tools. I mean, I have no delusions of grandeur here. But look, let's be realistic and honest about this. I mean, this team has played Lane Thomas a million times since last season. It's not like a 27-year-old outfielder who's got some athleticism and a little bit of power might not be able to, to get at bats here moving forward. That's right. And again, it depends on what you want to be next year. You you could spend and be okay, or you could just get your teeth kicked in for for another season. There's some use to that guy, right? It seems like he's going to give you a decent at bat. You mentioned the tools. I feel like he can really run. I don't have you know any of the scouting grades in front of me on him, but it just he feels like he's very bouncy, very quick uh, up up the plate. You mentioned that huge game he had in St. Louis, where you know I don't know how much power he'll ultimately hit for. That looked like a I'm feeling myself a little bit, so I'm going to guess right, cheat on one, and and you know, bury one in the left field stands. But in terms of you know how it plays to me, the athleticism and speed or something that says, hey, this guy belongs. He could play a couple different positions. He could you know be somebody you like to have in the major league lineup. He could be a pinch runner here and there. You know, spell some of your regular starters. You could do a lot worse. Yeah, it's interesting. He's never really been a stolen base guy in the minor leagues. When you go back, he was 14 for 20 in 2016. He was 5 for 8 in 2017. He was 6 for 13 in 2018. And then the last couple of years in the minors in 2021, 15 for 20. This year did steal 90% of his bags successfully, but 9 out of 10 in the big leagues. He's got one career steal in 30 games. But you're right. You know, I, I stopped short of saying he's fast. But as an outfielder, you don't get drafted in the third round. Uh, he went to Ball State. At Ball State, I think. But you don't get drafted in the third round if if you can't move a little bit. So yeah, he, he's. I think he checks some boxes. Again, I'm I'm most interested maybe in the power. I mean, this is a guy who hit 13 homers in 75 games in the minor leagues this year. 15 homers at Double and Triple A last year and drove in 50. 12 homers in 2018. If you look at his minor league totals over six seasons, he's a career 350 on base guy with a 760 OPS. So he's had some offensive success. When I say I'm I'm intrigued, it's 
to figure out, like, is this a guy that could be on the bench for a first division team? Mm-hmm. Is this a major leaguer or a minor leaguer? I have no delusions here that you're finding your left fielder of the future or anything like that, but he's had a really good week. Uh, Luke Voigt, we've had nothing but good things to say about him on this podcast. I just think he's been a pro during what is a really crappy situation for him. Eight for his last 20 with a homer over five games this week. Uh, He had an 11-28 OPS, walked three times while only striking out three times. It's good to see. I mean, he's going to be— You're a Luke Voigt mark, by the way. I, I say it every time. I'm a Luke Voigt guy. You're going to you see just like big. Yes. He's not fat, but like these hawking kind of almost like a bad baseball body swatters. That's what you you like dudes that hit bombs. I have a weakness for this. Whatever this is, like give me Richard Hidalgo on my roster. Yeah. You know what I mean? Give me give me Yuana Cespedes Nelson without the Cruz. attitude problems. Yes, I I see, I want... my weakness is more Corey Patterson, uh, Luis Matos, Victor Robles. I get it. My weakness is. Unbelievably fast, tremendous defensive center fielder who probably can't hit enough. We we all have them. Everyone and, and the most important thing is to acknowledge your weakness. I mean, I have them in all sports: athletic power forwards in basketball, big receivers in football. I am obsessed. I will I will always kind of give the benefit of the doubt and and a little bit more grace to the as you said, giant ogre looking dude that may may not be all cut up and trim, but it's just here to hit home runs, man. He knows exactly who he is. He's not going to get cheated. He doesn't care if he air conditions the entire third base dugout and the left field line. He is here to hit the ball over the left field fence. And I, I have a soft spot for that. And he seems to be a good teammate, and he's beloved everywhere that he's been. So I am a Luke Voigt guy. But he's going to be the ultimate, you know, uh, what, what what graph's that graph? What's the, you know, like the heart monitors where they go, doot. Dude, yeah, they're going yeah. up and down. Is it a stenograph? Yeah, maybe. Whatever that is. I think He's I gonna... just made that word up. Stenograph totally sounds right. Let's just go with it. Stenograph is a stenographer is a person in the courtroom whose job that is takes to transcribe that. speech. So probably not that. Whatever the thing is in the hospital where it's like, beep, uh, beep. what's the hospital? I'm typing it. Thing yep. that beeps. That beeps. Uh, electronic vital sign monitor. Totally. He's that. He's going to be that. He's going to have weeks where he hits a few home runs. Then he's going to have weeks where he's 0 for 26. That's the same dude showing up at the ballpark every day. He's going to eat the postgame spread. He's going to take the same hacks. He's going to try to hit nukes and BP. Bless him. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Speaking of my weakness, which is basically athletes, uh, C.J. Abrams, man. Six for his last 17 at the plate with a double this week over the last five games. That's a three fifty three average. Now, his average and his on-base are almost always the exact same because he just doesn't walk. Uh, because of that, his OPS, because he doesn't drive the ball a whole Paltry. lot, is not ever going to be high. And I don't mean ever, like, forever. I mean, this season, it's, it's just not going to be high. But he's starting to turn a corner in a couple of areas here. First of all, you know, when he's making the routine plays, this is going to go really well in the field because he makes the spectacular plays. I'll get into the, the double play he turned that I was pulled up the video and showed you the other day. And just absolutely mind-boggling Stupid. athletic play. But he's now in 24 games and about 87 at-bats with the Nats. He is hitting for a higher average here than he did in San Diego. He's up to 240 
with his batting average. Uh, he has driven in just six runs, no homers, obviously. OPS is 554, which is kind of gross. You, you need to drive the ball more in the middle infield, and maybe that is going to come. I think it will. But he's starting to make contact. He's routinely now, Danny, having games where, you know, it's it's a surprise kind of if he goes 0 for 5, right, when he, he doesn't use his speed to get on. If you just look at this last road trip, the Mets, the Cardinals, the Phillies, uh, through that road trip, he had a 2-for-4 against the Mets. Next night, 1-for-4. Next night, 4-for-5. Then he took an 0-for-3. Then he went 2-for-5. Then he went 1-for-4. Then he went 1-for-4. Then he went 2-for-4. That's what you want to see. You want to see him stringing hits together. Multi-hit games in 4-of-8. Base hits in 7-of-8. Yeah, he's he is making the adjustment. And some of it is, we talked about this before, his batting average on balls in play was comically and unsustainably low. Now, it wasn't that he was just hitting line drives and BBs all the time at people, but his sharp contact, he was making some unlucky outs. And somebody with the speed that he has, again, you hit a ground ball in the 5.5 hole, there's a great chance you're going to beat it out, right? If you make the shortstop backhand the baseball, you've got a really, really good shot uh, of being on first base. So those things were going to correct themselves, and they've started to. You you touched on some of the numbers. But, again, we, we talked about this a lot. Like, he's never going to be a high walk rate guy. Like, Ricky Henderson, he is not, right? But he's going to have to hit his way on. And I think there's kind of this contract that pitchers and and hitters at this stage sort of informally enter into. What I mean is, no one's afraid of him jumping yard. So they're going, why wouldn't I challenge him? I'll take my chances that 75% of the time this ball in play is going to turn into an out. If I if it means I can go deeper in a ball game, if I can hump up and give my best stuff to to the two, three, four hitters, if he's leading off or if he's sitting at the back of the lineup, whatever, we sort of just say, let's get this thing over with quickly, you and I. And that's something I think that's going to happen for him. If you're not af- if people aren't afraid of you beating him with an extra base hit, driving the ball and sort of changing the game in that way. I think you're always going to have to hit your way on if you're somebody like that. And that's what his skill set is. I I think his skill set is going to be bat on baseball. Don't try to do too much. I think you'll run into 10 to 12 home runs a year, play great defense, and and be an asset with your speed. I think there's a use for guys like that, even though it's not the typical what's happening right now with kind of middle infield spots, as you you touched on. But I think as as we do away with the shift, guys are going to have to be more true infielders than they've been over the last couple of years. Now it's all defensive positioning and scouting reports. Stand, you know, 30 feet into right field, deal with the, you know, top spin hook line drive from a lefty and just flip it to first. Guys are going to have to be better defensively, I think, going forward. So it might be more at a premium. I actually want to talk about that. And I don't know if right now is the time to do it or when, but I think that there's something to be said for that. Uh, We should get into some of the rule changes in a few minutes. But continuing on Abrams for a second. So he made the play of the week, and I don't mean that anecdotally. The shortstop earned his first career what is called the Electric Play of the Week Award presented by Chevrolet in Major League Baseball. Only Anthony Rendon in May of 2019 and Victor Robles in June of 2019 and in August of 2020, two times, are winners of this award in Nationals history, or at least since they've been doing it, I guess, since 2019 is a better way to say it. But it's not even the play you're thinking of. It's... C.J. Abrams, the night before the double play where he made the ridiculous play that he made, made a diving, stabbing stop to his right on a rocket, Mm. got up and threw to first. That was the play of the week honor. The next night, I think he made a play that's better than this one that got him the award. The next night where he, he got to a ball that most shortstops don't get to up the middle, then he made a crazy play to go get to the bag in a foot race. And while kind of reaching with his right foot, 
right foot planted on the bag made an accurate throw to first for a double play. But it was his diving stop the night before. I think it was Bohm hit a 100-plus mile-an-hour ball. He, in one motion, is you know at his chest, does a push-up, and then throws a rocket to first base. It was a one-hopper, kind of timed beautifully, like a one-hop by design almost, skips into Manessis. Uh, but the guy does it every night at this point. He's making a crazy play at short almost nightly. The athleticism. That's what this is. That's the dream, by the way. Right. I at mean, that position oh. defensively. God, I mean the the guys that I grew up with. I mean, it, you know, there was a there was a a revolution kind of at shortstop. The, the Ripken revolution is what I call it, where guys were bigger, rangier. The A rods of the world, the Miguel Tejadas, even Derek Jeter, who wasn't muscle bound but was kind of a taller shortstop, right? But and everything was was about being smooth and effortless. But the shortstops that I grew up with, the Ozzy Smiths of the world, that's like that. That's what Abrams is like oh, at, totally. at this point. The, the he should do a backflip every time he runs out to short. I, I guarantee you could. By the way, I mean that. That play he made, the, the play of the week, the, the diving play is just reaction type stuff. You either have it or you don't, and 99.9 bar percent of the yeah. population does not, period, end of story. The play that you're talking about, though, where he goes up the middle, and Nats fans, I'm sure, saw it against Philly, the ability to get to it, so you eliminate now 97% of shortstops alive? Maybe? Yeah, I would say almost all of them are getting to that. So, fine, now you get to it. But it wasn't that he got to it and then is able to flip it back across his body or do something else. To do everything that he did to get to that ball, not only then stop, but change direction, almost like he's like doing an agility ladder, not that he was sprinting full speed to his left to get the ball. So he stops on a dime and then already, you know, is kind of darting towards second base and basically makes a throw like my toddler makes, my four-year-old makes, where he doesn't understand that you step with your left foot to throw with your right. He goes right, right at the same time. Well, that's what, that's where Abrams' feet were. In order to get to the bag, he had to reach with his right foot and then also throw because he throws with his right hand. So he's doing a right-right throw after getting to a ball that no one else gets to, after getting to a bag that nobody else would be able to get to. Like, imagine a regular person doing that, a ligaments in left field, a tendons in right field, and you'd probably, like, collapse on yourself. <laughs> it's crazy. You'd have no chance. Did Unbelievable. Tony DeCavalier make that play ever? This is a bit for two, by the way. I'm to- I'm missing it. I'm to- I'm killing you. The guy that you always talk about on CBS. Oh, Tony DeCopo. Your- Tony DeCopo. Who's Tony DeCavalier? Who's I that? never know his name. Well, he played out. He played center field. Oh, I thought he was a shortstop. No. No. Oh, well, that was a bit just for me. So Danny played ball at George Washington in college. Tony DeCopo was on that mm-hmm. team at GW. Tony DeCopo is now he does something on CBS. CBS Mornings. They just celebrated their I think one year um, as that. Specific cast and show with really? like Nate Burleson and Gail King and stuff. Oh, he's yeah. on with Nate B. Yeah. Oh, I he's, didn't even realize. Okay. He's, he's like he's like morning show well, guy. There so was like, like a time for a stretch of a few months where Danny, in like six different occasions, would mention. It wasn't that you were mentioning him out of the blue. He like a, there'd be a video or a picture. Yeah, like or something, something happened. On Twitter right. where we would see like CBS Morning Show, and Danny would just be like, "Dude, I played with that guy in college." Well, after two or three times, I kind of picked up that you played with him in college. You were able to retain the information, yeah. <laughs> so, and I overmentioned it. But, like, no, it's but, so funny. T- it is hilarious that this guy you played with in college is now just an anchor on the morning yeah. show. Yeah, and, like, you know, he had a background as a writer and a journalist. He actually wrote a great book. Um, his it, He's open about this in his book. His dad uh, served a long time in federal prison for drug trafficking. 
Oh, wow. And just, you know, he didn't really know him all that well and was estranged because of it. And it's a great read. He's been a journalist. And all of a sudden, because he's handsome and has no body fat, they were like, hey, do you want to be on television hosting a morning show for lots of money? And, of course, he, he does do that. But, I mean, this is the dude that would ask if you were done, like, before you took your first bite. So you could, like, pilfer food off of your plate. And How? that was the, he's so slender. I know he had a, he still has a metabolism, but that's we we made fun of him. We made up his character for him called Paul T. That doesn't make any sense, but it, you you had to be there. But Paul T was like, "Hey man, are you finished with that sandwich?" Like even before you ate the sandwich. And now that guy's on like news. He's like today in the stock market. Like he's doing news voice all the time. Tony Copel, man. Yeah. I wish C.J. Abrams stole more bases. I don't know Same. why he doesn't run more. I don't really know what that's about. He's got three steals this year. Do you think? Do you think they're putting the governors on him? I have no idea. I don't really get it. He should run almost every time he gets on base. Okay, he's out. So what? What are you going to do? Lose? Exactly. 